Last week, the Washington State Legislature passed one of what I would consider the most egregious bills of this session, maybe ever. It is a direct assault on the family unit, a direct assault on parental rights, and ultimately it is a direct assault on our children who are made in the image of God. And that is everything that the radical communist left seeks to destroy. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Planning Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of America, which began here in Washington State as Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are a group of like-minded ladies and gentlemen who are working hard to create change and giving people real action steps that they can take to get involved in this fight, to stop being silent, to start speaking up and impacting change at a real local level, state level, and even on a national level. I would love for you to learn more about the work that we're doing and for you to join us, become a member, support the work that we're doing and get involved in this fight. You can learn more at conservativeladiesofamerica.com. That's conservativeladiesofamerica.com. And if you're in the state of Washington, head over to conservativeladiesofwa.com. That's conservativeladiesofwa.com. Last week, my husband and I spent the week at our new home in Florida. It was amazing. It was a breath of fresh air. It was complete change from Washington State. It's truly like we went to another country. People were happy. They were friendly. You didn't see all of the uh, stuff that you see in Washington, like the gender and sexuality flags that you see everywhere in Washington state. You see Subarus and Toyota Priuses with the flag stickers on the backs of their car or on their face masks or on a t-shirt, on their clothing. They're wearing pajamas. They have blue purple hair. Um, You know exactly what I'm talking about, especially if you live in Washington. Florida is like you rewind 10 years and you know, young people aren't wearing pajamas. Their hair is normal colors. Uh, people drive Ford F-150s instead of Subarus. Uh, just very different. You don't see the um, agenda of the alphabet community being pushed on. I, I shouldn't even call it a community because there are definitely, I want to differentiate between uh, people who are um, part of the gay community. They are gay, um, but they're not trying to, they're not coming after people's kids. That's, they're not part of this, this cult. Um, and a lot of the people that are in this transgender alphabet cult, um, that their sole purpose is to destroy the image of God. Um, and so it was amazing to see how much different um, just that social culture is in Florida than it is in Washington. Uh, another thing we didn't see very much of were the face masks. And we got on the plane to come back to Seattle and a lot of people on the plane were wearing face masks. When we got off the plane in SeaTac Airport, a lot of face masks. I was at the doctor today in Washington State and everybody 
in the hospital, everybody in the parking garage was totally masked up. Just a complete culture shock. Um, And it was very refreshing. It was much needed. And uh, back in October, when we bought our house, I did a podcast episode of why we decided to leave Washington State. And I'll link that in the show notes if you'd like to go back and listen to it. Um, But what I want to talk about today is a a bill that passed last week. It's not fully passed, um, and I'll get into that. But this bill is is really one of the reasons why we decided to leave before we even knew this bill was going to be dropped in the 2023 legislative session. I knew it was coming, and it's all part of the Democrat strategy, right? How do you eat an elephant? Bit by bit. And that's the Democrat strategy. They change society inch by inch. And this is nothing new. They've been working on this for decades and decades. And so this is Senate Bill 5599, which I've talked about in previous episodes. This bill would allow minor children in the state of Washington to receive what the bill identifies as protected health care services, which are abortions and transgender services. They call it gender affirming care. So we're talking about hormones, medications, uh, therapy, and including surgical procedures, irreversible procedures, which we know that even the puberty blocking drugs are irreversible. If you um, have researched any of these people that are, you know, older adults now, they're in their 30s, and they talk about how they weren't able to reverse this. So, you know, there's just not enough data and research for people to say that they're not irreversible. And what we're finding in people who have um, taken these steps to transition, it isn't reversible. And so this law allows these children to access these services. Uh, Under existing law, they already do not need parental consent for these services, but uh, physicians, uh, providers are required to notify parents. What this law does is takes away that parental notification requirement. So let's say your kid goes to school one day and a teacher at school convinces your daughter that she's really a boy. And I speak from experience. This happened to one of my own children. And in Washington state and many other states, the um, public education system has what they call gender affirming school guidelines where teachers are required to keep a child's gender identity a secret from their parents. Uh, And this is uh, the guideline for Washington government schools. And so your child could go to school one day and teacher, activist, convinces your child that they are in the wrong body, that they really are a boy. And your child can get shuttled from the school to a youth shelter or what they call a host home and tell these people that they want gender affirming services. Boom, parents don't get to be notified. So you're at home wondering why your kid didn't come home from school today. You're calling the school. You're calling the police. You're calling all their friends. You're calling everywhere. You are frantic. You are horrified because you don't know where your child is. And nobody is going to tell you under this law. They don't have to tell you. They don't have to tell the police that your child is in this host home or this youth shelter. It is absolutely egregious. And what I'm finding is that many parents 
in states like Washington don't understand the existing laws. So a lot of people are just outraged by this, which it is an outrage. Absolutely be outraged. But you also need to understand that this is not new. They are just building on existing law that they have been doing session after session after session, year after year, election after election. And nobody has really been sounding the alarm. There are a few voices, but overwhelmingly people on the right have been silent about this. The Republican Party has been awfully quiet when I think, okay, well, if I was a Republican legislator eight years ago when a lot of this stuff really started uh, taking off and gaining momentum, I would have been like shouting from the rooftops. I would have been trying to wake people up like, hey, you guys got to know about this. And I wonder, why didn't they? Where were they? Why didn't they tell us? You know, and I take accountability for the fact that I was just going about my life for the longest time. And, you know, really my wake up moment started in 2015 when Trump announced his candidacy. And gradually over the the next four years, I started getting more and more involved. And then COVID happened. And here we are, I'm full on engulfed in the front lines of the legislature and, you know, getting really involved in elections and all of that. I take accountability for my inaction and the role that my inaction played to where we are today. But what about these elected leaders who had a responsibility to sound the alarm, to let the citizens know what was going on? People need to understand this has been a long game for the left. And it is really hard to, what do you call, you know, hard to say they're Democrats. Um, They're really communists. You know, this is a Marxist communist uh, agenda that these people are playing out and pushing onto us. And to think that it's going to be solved with one bill or one election is really being naive to what time it is in our nation. Uh, We don't have um, the luxury of being passive aggressive about this fight. This is truly a spiritual battle. So this bill, uh, it started in the state Senate, it passes the Senate, and then it goes to the Washington House of Representatives, where it passed on, it was either Wednesday or Thursday last week. And I watched the debates. It happened in the late hours of the evening, uh, which is typical for these uh, bills that are highly contentious. Um, And the leader of the Republican uh, House Minority Party, uh, Representative J.T. Wilcox, he tweeted last week that um, you get these authentic and healthy debates on these bills Um, And he was referring to a different bill, but a debate that happened at one o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, but I don't find that to be authentic, heartfelt debate at one o'clock in the morning when they could do this during the day. But they save the daytime for the vanilla bills that really nobody cares about. But the ones where there's going to be fierce debate, they hold until the dark. I don't find it to be transparent and heartfelt 
when they save it for the dark of night. And we need to have leaders who are going to call it out for what it is. They are trying to pass these bills with as little public involvement as possible. They want to slide these through in the dark of night. So last week, Wednesday or Thursday night, Senate Bill 5599 gets its hearing, uh, its floor debate uh, in the evening hours. And a lot of people were tuned in. Um, I was watching from Florida. And of course, it, it did pass. And I have to applaud Representative Jim Walsh here in Washington State. He is so vocal. He is such a fighter. He doesn't mince words. He says the things that need to be said. He is such a fighter and a warrior for for our state. Um, and he and there were several good amendments that were proposed on this bill. Of course, the Democrats didn't vote for any of them. They did, however, adopt an amendment that was by a Democrat that would have some kind of Department of Children and Youth and Families um, involved. And so the bill was passed through the House. So now because of the amendment, it has to go back to the Senate for another floor vote over there. Now, I knew this bill was going to pass, but it was still a gut punch. It was still very difficult to swallow. And I think it's primarily difficult to truly comprehend the level of evil that we are dealing with. And when you watch the way that the Democrats fight back against these amendments that the Republicans offered, it it felt very much a spiritual battle. And it felt very much like these people truly believe that our children belong to the government. They have zero regard for parents. Now, this bill assumes that if your child wants these, quote, gender affirming services, that you, the parent, will not be accepting. They don't even give the parents a chance to be accepting. Your child is just whisked away into the dark of night and you don't even get to know about it. Now, this is part of the reason why we decided to leave for Florida. I knew if you listen to me long enough, you know our family's story. You know that our daughter, two years ago, uh, this happened to her. She was taken from, she was moved from the children's hospital to one of these uh, youth shelters where they ended up holding her hostage and keeping her from us. And at that time, we were able to utilize law enforcement to rescue her. Last session, the legislature passed another law. Um, it was a youth homeless bill, and that law would not allow for law enforcement to rescue a child like my daughter. And I fought that very hard and watched a similar debate to what happened with uh, Senate Bill 5599 last week. And it was after last year's session that I told my husband, we've got to get out of here because I understood the strategy of inch by inch. I watched the way that so many people in the Republican Party were aligning themselves with Democrats. They have this mentality that if we compromise with the Democrats and vote for some of their stuff, maybe they'll compromise and vote for some of our stuff. Well, they've had this strategy for decades and it hasn't worked. And we continue to lose seats to the Democrats. 
So when are they going to wake up and realize that scoring points for the other team is not working? It's only making this, making us go into the ditch even faster. And once I realized that we don't have enough fighters on our side and they don't want to fight the way that needs to be fought in order to win and to save our state, that's when I knew that we had to go. And I have a lot of people that will say to me, oh, you know, I'm not leaving. I'm not giving up. I'm going to stay here and fight. At what cost? I mean, really, at what cost do you say, you know what, it's not worth it for me to stay in a state that wants to take my kids, wants to take my money. Uh, It's very expensive. Housing is unaffordable. They want to do away with single family housing. Uh, The city of Seattle is a complete Uh, excuse my language, shithole, um, literally, because the homeless problem is so out of control. Uh, We don't have free and fair elections. The elections in Washington have been fraudulent for a very long time. And this session, they passed more election laws that make it even worse to vote in Washington. Uh, Did I say taxes? There's a lot of taxes, a lot of new taxes. We've got that long-term health care Uh, tax that's coming. Uh, They want to kill all the babies in the womb, completely pro-abortion state. We have, uh, we had an act last session uh, to really expand abortion in Washington. And this year, uh, this session, they have passed even more bills um, to make basically Washington a destination for abortion. Uh, So it, in seeing the writing on the wall and seeing that uh, the Republican Party here in Washington state doesn't have a a strong group of fighters. The people who are in leadership uh, don't, they really seem to want to just play politics. They don't want to fight against the communist Democrat Party that is taking over Washington, that has taken over Washington state. And so it felt fruitless. It's like I can bang my head against the wall all on my own. I don't need to have people in Washington help me do it. And so we decided that, you know, I, I want to be a fighter. I want to fight and I want to win. So where do we go where we can have a better quality of life and we can join the fight and win? Now, the chairman of the Florida GOP, Christian Ziegler, who I've been able to make contact with um, and have, you know, been tracking with him and and seeing what he's doing and what the GOP in Florida is doing because I want to get to know the lay of the land so when I go down there I can join the fight and help out. His whole thought process is I want to make the Democrats extinct. He doesn't want to get along with them. He wants to make them extinct and in a state like Washington and I imagine Oregon, California, New York, all these blue states are pretty similar they want to compromise. They want to get along. They want to say nice things. They don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. They don't want to offend anybody. You have to understand what time it is. We can't care about offending people with the truth. We need to be able to stand up for our freedom. We need to be able to stand up for our families. We need to be able to stand up for the innocent lives that can't stand up for themselves. And in states like Washington, uh, y- you don't have uh, a party that's willing to do that. You have a few fighters, but it's not enough to create change. And one of the bills that was 
proposed this session. Uh, it's House Bill 1333. It was for the Attorney General Bob Ferguson here in Washington State to create a basically a domestic terrorism task force that would go after people like me, people who are leading conservative groups uh, that they call right wing extremists. Um, I have a friend uh, who is involved in uh the Washington Three Percenters. And he was actually in the PowerPoint presentation that the Attorney General's office used when they presented this bill. I mean, this is a a good man, an upstanding citizen, a man who, you know, fights for everybody to have freedom. And they're going to come after us. It is not a Washington is not a free state. And so I encourage people, yes, by all means, get in the fight. And if you look back, I bought my house in October. We bought our house in October. And I fought extremely hard this session, even knowing that I wouldn't have to live under these laws. So I haven't given up the fight. I'm still fighting and I'll continue to fight. I'll continue to lend my voice to help the people that are are fighting. I, I want to do that. But we also have to be realistic about what's what's going to happen in the future. And what we are going to see, I truly believe, and I'll talk more about this in a, in a future episode, but I believe we are going to see a mass migration and separation of, you know, red versus blue. Um, as Sarah Sanders, um, Governor Sarah Sanders put very um, eloquently, you have sane versus crazy. Um, so it's not even about Democrat versus Republican anymore, not left versus right or blue versus red. It is truly sane versus crazy. Um, and we have people who are really part of a cult. And if you've watched any of these people, and you can go back and listen to an episode I did about the the Trantifa activist who was uh, testifying on one of these bills after I did, you can see they have an agenda and their agenda is um, to have total power and to create fear in in the people that are running the government so that they will do things that they want to do. They are very violent. They are very dangerous and they will stop at nothing to ruin our society and to get our children. They want this to be a communist Marxist country. And so I think we're going to continue to see things separate. You're going to see people like myself migrate to conservative stronghold states where they have people who are who are truly fighting to keep it uh, conservative, keep it sane, keep it free. Um, and I know Tennessee has um, a lot of really great people um, fighting in Tennessee to um, make Tennessee a Republican stronghold. And I think you're going to see more of that. There was a group in Florida that issued a travel advisory that it's not safe for LGBTQ people to come to Florida because of Florida's don't say gay bill, um, which is laughable, but great. You know, they're going to start doing that. And so people won't go to Florida. They'll go to California or they'll go to Washington or New York or wherever. Um, we're going to see a whole lot more of that. And so I think it's important for people to be realistic. I have seen behind the curtain. And so I try to tell people what I know and what I see. You're free to do with that information whatever you want. And if staying in a state like California or Washington and fighting the fight is for you, then you should do it by all means. Um, we lost a lot here in Washington. After what happened with my daughter, uh, I, I just can't stay. 
and it's not safe for my kids and it's probably not safe for me um, with the fighting that I do. So, you know, I can still be active in what's going on in Washington, but sitting down in Florida saying neener neener to um, Bob Ferguson and Jay Inslee, come and get me in Florida. (laughs) So um, take that information, do what you want with it wherever you go. If you decide to stay in a blue state, if you decide to migrate to a red state, wherever you go, you have to get into the fight because this Marxist agenda is going to infiltrate every single inch of this country if we don't fight to stop it. And when does the fight end? It never ends. We have to forever stay on guard. We, we got complacent. We rested on our laurels. We enjoyed living in the free country of America and we lived our lives, we had our businesses, we had our families, we went to church, we did our thing. And while we were doing that, these radical Marxists came in and pushed their agenda slowly but surely while we weren't even looking. And so now we've gotten pretty far down the road that we have to really fight back and we have to stay engaged and we have to keep fighting and fighting and fighting. There is no end to the fight. I know it can be difficult to feel all this evil. And after the passage of this bill last week, I really felt so down and so discouraged. And at the same time, I felt like God was telling me to be encouraged because he's already won the victory. We know how this ends. So while it doesn't feel good to um, experience these losses, We should feel honored to live during this time and to be chosen by God to be fighting during this time. And so I I want to encourage you today that though these blows might discourage you and get you down, you were chosen to be here for this time, for this season, for this fight. And God has given you a purpose If you haven't figured out what that is yet, that's okay. Pray about it and figure out where God wants to use you, how God wants to use you, because he's going to use everybody a little bit differently. I was talking to my friend Falaki Kellogg, who's a pastor over in Eastern Washington this morning, and he's using her in a very, very significant way. And it's very different than the way he's using me. But together, we complement each other. And together we work on the same team and that's what it's all about we don't all have to play the same role but we have to play the role that God has designed for us to play so I want to encourage you if you haven't figured out what that is yet pray about it figure out what it is and um, embrace it and utilize it to the best of your ability we all have a purpose in this place and time so Be encouraged, and I look forward to chatting with you again next time.